Let's go watch it in 2D. No, let's go watch it in 3D. But if we watch it in 3D, then is it worth the cost? Scott Lang, you're an Avenger. But down here, you're out of your league. King can shatter timelines. Everything you call a life will end. And you're not getting out. I don't have to win. We both just have to lose. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adolf, and today I'm reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. As always, I'll talk about the 3D aspect first. So, I'm very disappointed in the 3D visuals in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I expected more from Marvel, and I expected more from this sort of movie. I watched this movie in IMAX 3D, and yet I felt my 3D experience is best described by one exact word, adequate. IMAX projections seem perfectly fine, 100% gorgeous in trailers beforehand. So it's not fault of the theater. And I actually went to the eye doctor earlier this week, and the ophthalmologist said, I essentially have 20-20 vision with only a smite minor astigmatism. But my eyes are, are not the problem either. The 3D aspect of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania um, is, is not terrible per se. It, it's just underwhelming. San Francisco and the various microscopic environments are very flat looking. You do get some layers of 3D. You get a couple here. But it just it just doesn't impress. Uh, the movie is darkly lit and that always is an issue with 3D movies. And uh, this movie actually uses a newer filming method called Stagecraft. This method has these giant video walls as backgrounds on the sets. And the actors can see what's, you know, what's supposed to be there. So instead of the actors just going, you know, looking into the void, looking into nothingness, looking into a green screen, they actually have these giant video walls that have the the fantastical sci-fi or whatever element there that they could see and interact with. And usually it helps with the uh, actors and to get better performances and, you know, to get a better kind of look in the, for the, the 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 thing that you're watching. This has really gotten popular with the Mandalorian TV show on Disney Plus. And other shows and movies um, have used this method. Um, so it kind of reminds me a little bit of the old school method of having a, a projector. Um, and they used to do this a lot when like you're in a movie uh, watching the characters in a car or a taxi or something and you see the background uh, move, you know, obviously they record that with uh, being in the streets or whatever. They would record um, that and have a projection of that in the background. So what I'm going to say is that, you know, we have these big, um, that's how they recorded this movie. So with these big giant screens and they look that I can't tell while I was watching this movie that it was that, but it did look flat. It looked incredibly flat. And it looked like you were seeing some really, really flat, high-definition 4K paintings in the background. And it didn't really ever feel like these environments could potentially exist. The, the, visual, the sci-fi visuals here are fine, but it always looked fake and alien. And it just lacked depth. It just... You could tell that they're looking into the background. And the background was this just this video wall that is completely blank you know or it has the, the it just 
has a video image, but it doesn't really have any kind of depth to it, no any kind of substance to it. If they had any sets, it was minimal, and it just really didn't feel like it had much there at all. It was just so flat. And there was, you know, not completely a terrible execution of 3D either. I, I gotta say that there was a few times where it did shine. Um, there's some times where the characters are falling, and those moments are rare, but they're nice. They have a nice depth, amount of depth. And there's a couple of scenes with some gun barrels and other objects pop out of the screen. One critter attempts to bite at the character, um, and it, his like, snout or its snout pops out of the screen as it tries to take a bite. It worked. That was cool. Um, now, there's just, on the other hand, there's these characters that are walking through the like, microscopic forest or something, and it should be lush with like all these different layers of, of, of 3D depth, and it has like maybe two or three. So it's just like, yeah, it's something, but you just, you see this, and you see this movie, and you see what the characters are seeing, and you're like, oh, they look that far away, and it should be super deep, but it's not at all. And I was just like, really? My wife said, as she watched the movie, she forgot that it was a 3D movie. And, yeah. Now, in the plus, it never gave me a headache or nausea. So, that's good, right? Look, I watched this in IMAX 3D. <laughs> and that's pretty much the, the standard where you can get the best picture quality here. So, I imagine that any regular 3D experiences are going to be worse. It has its moments, but overall, the 3D aspect is is okay, but it should be better. It should be better for Marvel. It should be better for science fiction like this. And I can only recommend the 3D for super fans of 3D. Everyone else, this is just not worth your money. You know, with living in inflationary times, and oh, we do it, you know, you don't need to see this in 3D. It's sad. It's the first time I've said that in a long time. And... It's probably the worst 3D presentation I've seen for a Marvel movie in about a decade. So, my final verdict is weak 3D, 2D recommended. On to the movie itself. Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania reminds me a lot of the classic, quote-unquote classic, Flash Gordon movie from 1980. And it just, unfortunately, this movie, unlike that movie, does not have the awesome soundtrack of Queen. Uh, Quantumania is an old-school city sci-fi romp of a movie, and it's set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Where, you know, other movies, like Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, was a horror movie. This is like an old-school sci-fi romp. Um, like Buck Rogers kind of thing. The story here is fairly simple. The main crew of Ant-Man, Scott Lang, Hope Van Dyke... Hank Pym, Janet Van Dyke, and Cassie Lang are all accidentally sucked into the quantum realm, and they must reunite and get back home. In some ways, it reminds me a lot of Disney's 2022 animated movie, Strange World. While the quantum realm in Ant-Man, while they're in the quantum realm, Ant-Man discovers uh, that there's a new villain here um, called Kang. Kang the Conqueror wants to escape the quantum realm, and he puts Scott Lang, the Ant-Man, in an impossible situation to either save his captured daughter Cassie or to save the multiverse. This is your standard Marvel formula, just set in a weird sci-fi kind of thing. Now, Kang is a major new villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he is portrayed by Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors is fantastic as this menacing conqueror. Kang is terrorizing man from a future who is stuck in this quantum realm. 
and I was surprised how scary Kang was presented in this movie. Kang has a good amount of screen time and backstory. Kang is probably the best character in the movie, and I found his performance to be dark and charismatic. Now, the Quantum Realm itself is uh, presented in this movie as almost a character unto itself. And sadly, this character is extremely underdeveloped and not fully explained. The Quantum Realm has been teased in so many movies before this point. So it was I was quite excited to be, okay, a whole movie set in there? Yo, boy, I'm, I'm ready for this. And um, I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's have this whole movie set in here, or vast majority of the movie. I want to know what's going on in the Quantum Realm. We've talked about this in Avengers Endgame. We talked about this in Infinity War. talked about this in other Ant-Man movies. So I'm excited. And uh, it's a what, strange place. Yeah, sure. It has a, you know, diverse, unique environments and some interesting population. Okay, cool. And even has something called probability storms, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> and they really like to mess with your mind. And um, Kang has conquered this quantum realm. And the beings that exist in this realm are fearful of him. Now, we don't know anything of substance um, regarding the creatures that exist in this quantum realm. There's a whole bunch of people. There's uh, um, or things or creatures or what beans or whatever you want to, you know, I don't know. But we don't really know anything about what exactly the quantum realm was before Kang conquered it. Time doesn't exist in the same way that it exists in uh, the regular world. So how long has Kang been here? So before that point, how was the quantum realm? And it's, it's kind of like, okay, now these creatures that live here, um, are they, did they shrink or they have always been this size? We don't know anything about them. You know, like some of their names and maybe very superficial things about them. Like there's this one thing that has like a laser beam that comes out of his head. And this other guy has, is like a psychic. And that's kind of, there's like this jello or thing. Um, so I don't really know anything about these characters, how they live, nothing. And it just doesn't make much sense. And it, it's, it's like, okay. I'm willing to go there. Uh, uh, you know, I am totally willing to go into some weird sci-fi crazy stuff. And this did not really work. Um, because it doesn't feel like somewhere that could exist. Where other movies like space movies and other things, I could suspend my disbelief, but I could not suspend my disbelief for this t- a moment in time. It's just, it's frustrating. And I'm willing to do a lot to just like, okay, let's go for it and have some weird stuff. But... It just didn't feel fleshed out enough to be something that could exist. And it left me with so many unanswered questions. It just left me angry and wanting more. This movie is very frustrating for many reasons. Um, it only lightly explains what's going on. And when it does explain itself, it just leaves with even more unanswered follow-up questions. Many aspects of the lore are just exposition dumps and don't really feel like natural storytelling. Why do some of these creatures look so humanoid? I mean... A lot of them look like humans, but just maybe slightly different. And, you know, why don't they have more creatures that have five legs or whatever? They have some weird stuff here. I'm not going to say they don't, but still. Um, how you can see that Ant-Man still can shrink even smaller. So is this like, the, is there like a maximum amount of smallness that he could go down to? And how do they breathe if they're smaller than oxygen atoms? And, what exactly does Kang need Atman for? He's supposed to be this, you know, awesome guy from the future. Doesn't he have tech that would be superior than Atman's tech? So, and then I think the biggest problem I had was tonal shifts. The movie goes from being wacky to being dark and then quickly. And it's quite jarring. It's just like, okay, we're going to wacky moment here, a funny moment there, and then 
oh, this is a super serious scene. And this is a scene about revolution. It's like, okay. And then wacky. And then it's just like, okay. <laughs> it just, the, how this movie ends is so odd. And the movie has many, the last act has many fake endings. And how everything wraps up just feels so easy and cheap. And how many damn bridges exist in this city? It's just like, every scene, every action scene was a new bridge. And it's like, there's like 20 bridges in this damn town or something? <laughs> Movie doesn't really satisfy my curiosity, as it feels like this could have been like a five-season TV show, the whole story and everything here, but it just got summarized to like a two-hour movie. Now, I've said a lot of crap about this, a lot of flaws, and the thing is, I still enjoyed my time with Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm frustrated by the narrative, but I was never bored. I like fun sci-fi stuff, and I'm intrigued by the weird concepts this movie presents. I want to know more about this probability storms. What other wacky stuff happens here? Um, how, what do these animals eat and drink? And how does you know, evolution work here? I really like Kang. Um, he's a really interesting and compelling character. I am excited to see him more in future Marvel movies and TV shows. The action sequences and visuals are fascinating to watch. The humor works well. I love Paul Rudd in this movie and basically everything that he does. There's some good aspects here. And I think for me, it does outweigh the bad aspects, but just barely. So, at the end of the day, it's a pulpy, crazy science fiction movie, and I dig it. But I understand why people don't like it. And I can totally get why people, there's problems here. But for me, I like it enough that I'm going to give it a final verdict of a 6 out of 10. That's going to be it for me. Bye. Before this podcast wraps up, I want to thank my patrons. Thank you, Kano3D, MK Ultra, Kevin Winter, Alex Folk, and Gravity Head Zero for your financial support on Patreon.com. You can find 3D or 2D on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, and more. Just look for 3D or 2D. Thank you for either listening or watching this podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Take care. Bye.